This is the Leapcast, where we talk about how today's current events impact your real life. If you are tired of politics or you are just exhausted from the spin, this show is for you. My name is Andrew Lieb, and every week I host a talk radio show breaking down the news from an independent point of view. We discuss real estate, business, and your health. Hear from the experts and learn the truth on the Leapcast. Personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lieb. So, Jessica. So, <laughs> Jessica. So, my wife, Lauren, over here has a sister that Not I like. So, Jessica. I like to call her Je- So, Jessica because whenever I'm talking about anything, Lauren says, So, Jessica. And so, Jessica has a statement about everything. And today we pre-recorded today's show because so Jessica's visiting from Florida right now. So if something happened from Wednesday of this week till Sunday, I'm sorry I missed it because we're with so Jessica right now. Well, for people that don't know, I didn't know I had a sister until right before COVID. And then I find out from a 23andMe test that I have this sister. And then we started talking and we met... And we talk every day now. So it's a pretty cool story. Um, and now she's here. By talking every day, they don't talk every day. They text every day. You should see the thumb muscles on my wife. She can move these fingers. I'm very fast. It's, brr, brr, <laughs> it's like machine gun texting. I'm in the middle of talking to her, and she's already got feedback from So Jessica on every issue. Oh, yeah. Was- she said that you should use her full name when you use, when you talk about her on the radio. So I shouldn't say So Jess? It's, it's really So Jess. Well, I said so, Jess, because isn't that 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 TV show? Wasn't that that? Oh, with uh, who's that girl? It's Jess. It's Jess. So <laughs> why would you want to have it's Jess when you could have so Jessica? Mm. Like we have a cooler Jessica in our life anyway. So I just and you know what's cool? I don't know if you're aware of this, but you and your sister have HLA similarity most likely. Your HLA is very similar. <laughs> what is HLA? And um, what do you mean, what is HLA? You haven't been checking your HLA, Lauren? Like, I know my HLA. So apparently, apparently, there's this thing called HLA. And it's a group of proteins that helps our immune system to identify cells that belong to us and cells that are from something or someone else. And HLA in family members is similar. I'm going to tell you why you care. I'm going to tell you why you care. Because right now I don't. Well, so I read an article in the BBC, and you know, the British... Okay. They know stuff because I'm into cultural sensitivity these days now that they're going to be passing a continuing ed course for real estate brokers on cultural sensitivity. I speak British now and we're having we're having tea and crumpets as we talk and fish and chips for lunch. So (laughs) anyway, I'm reading the BBC. I'm trying to get up with my culture. I'm culturally sensitive, but too cool to care. And they write, why single people smell differently. That's the name of the article on the BBC. And I'm thinking to myself, I know the Leapcast talks about how current events impact real estate and business. And I know there's, as I said last week, June 11th was under the legislative session in New York State. And there's so many laws to talk about. Setting aside the fact that New Jersey just passed a law that says landlords can't check tenants' criminal histories. And that's a whole other thing to talk about. And I, the script's like very, very long for today. But then I'm, as I'm preparing to come in here, I read that HLA, check this out, ready? 
women put on t-shirts worn by men and they ranked first the ones that smelled the most different from them based on their HLA. And there's something about this HLA because here's what we learned, right? That's interesting. If you have a partner who is genetically dissimilar in BO, like body odor, an immune profile, then your children will have a better resistance to pathogens. So <gasps> next time I'm in the house and you're like, ew, I'm going to take that as you coming on to me. Like I look in at our, in, in my culture, if I say you smell, that means go take a shower or put on deodorant. That's what you've told me before. But I'm reading here and the British have told me in the BBC why single people smell differently. And what we've learned is that by you telling me I stinky, that our children are going to be better with path- pathogens and the women that smelled the t-shirts ranked the most smelly of them all the best. So I'm good with this. I'm telling you, I'm good with this. And I want you to know, we 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 just had, went to the deli and I was a, a little disturbed. And then I read the article. So I feel a little better about this. I don't know if you've noticed. With the COVID numbers going down in New York, they ended the state of emergency. It expired on this week on the 24th, I believe. And the governor's not renewing it. And New York's well over 70% vaccinated. Although I will tell you the national United States is 45%, which last time I took a test was very failing. That's really, really failing. Really, really failing. Only 16 states have more than half the people vaccinated. But anyway, back to New York, because I was in a deli in Empire State. And a lot of people don't wear masks now. You notice. No, there's been a complete divide about a month ago to today. I've been noticing it everywhere. And it's interesting. I'm just going to interrupt you, Andrew. I was with one of my friends. Lauren, just so you know, you were talking when you said you were going to interrupt me. You, you have to so. understand, Andrew has his mouth right open. He's about to say his point, and she I'm just, just looking at the mic right she's now. She's like, your HLA. Go mm. <laughs> take a shower. Okay. So I have a friend that said to me, she's actually not vaccinated. And she said mm. to me, I know, and I'm still friends with her, because she's a good person, and she has her own reasons of I why she's I was talking not. about your HLA. <laughs> okay, well, I'm talking about... She said to me, if you've been vaccinated, then why do you even wear a mask? I don't understand the people. Like, you did the vaccine. Now you should be able to go everywhere. You're protected. Why do you want to wear a mask? Ooh, ooh, call me, call oh, me, oh, call me. I know, Andrew, I know. now you can speak. Oh, I, the, de- the Delta variant, Lauren. The Delta variant is 60% worse than the Alpha variant, and it's spreading like wildfire. It went from something like 11% in the 20s in two weeks of the population of the U.S., and it's really dangerous for younger people and people that are unvaccinated particularly. And as they keep saying, we're going to have two Americas. And we're going to have the states like New York that are very vaccinated. They're going to be okay. And then there's going to be other states where no one's vaccinated and they're not going to be okay. Although, if the Delta variant further, further, further changes because you know that they it's going to mutate exactly if it keeps mutating eventually a mutation could take out the vaccinated people too and we're back to square one which is why we care about other people that are wearing but anyway i'm at the deli and lauren's right most of the people weren't wearing masks we were wearing masks we're those people and if you're one of these people that puts on facebook look at the idiot wearing the mask well i think you're stupid too so there you go anyway i'm wearing a mask and i'm particularly wearing a mask not just for covid these days i haven't had a cold in a year and a half i don't want none of this like i i remember like years ago you would see back to my cultural sensitivity the asians coming to new york city and they'd be wearing masks and i used to think what's wrong with you people oh i would always think what's wrong 
right with you people. Well, now that I wear masks, I get it. Like, I think I'm going to wear masks forever. This isn't a COVID thing for me anymore. It's a don't get the sniffles thing. But anyway, that's not my point. There was a gal who had the mask over the face and not the nose in the deli. It's fashionably no, no, no. sensitive. So I got it before when they were trying to show that they were making a political dissident. They were trying to show that they were fighting the mask power because they were able to break the rules. You know when people wore the mask down? But I didn't really understand her. And I want you to know this. I didn't understand this gal because I'm saying – as you say, lots of people have just unmasked. There's no more masks. So if you're trying to fight the power, just don't wear the mask at all. And then I'm thinking to myself, I wonder why she has the nose sticking out. And then I saw her going, <laughs> and it might be that she was trying to check out my HLI. And because I'm <laughs> no, very stinky. I don't think so. No, I, like, I don't I, think so. You don't think that's the reason? I think she's torn. I think she's like, I kind of want to wear a mask, but it's really annoying to wear a mask. So she kind of goes in and then kind of changes her mind. She's just probably an indecisive mask wearer. You think so? Definitely. Well, well, she was young too. So I was thinking that maybe she didn't get vaccinated. And she thinks that if you didn't get vaccinated, you have to wear the mask. But then she realized that people in the deli weren't wearing masks. Well, all I can tell you, all I can tell you is that this COVID thing has changed so much going on everywhere. And moving forward, it's changed so much. I don't know if you saw stocks pounce this week. Stocks went up. Stocks went yeah, up. Yeah, that's great. Well, they said they said that um, this inflation we're going is just transient. That's what they said on yeah, the side. It's all fake. Well, I don't know what that even responds to what I just said. So inflation, meaning the money going all up, that everything's becoming more expensive, saying it's transient means it's not a long-term effect. It's just going to be for a little bubble time that money goes up and it's not. So when your prices go up, transient means it's not going for the future. And I think there's all sorts of legislation that people are doing to address what's going on in the world. And one of these things, which I, if you read it, you say to yourself, this is, this is brilliant. You say, I want that. Like, here's the name of this bill, ready? Mm -hmm. The Consumer Credit Fairness Act. I always, I'm, I'm into branding. Like, it's a thing for me. Like, think about it. Everyone's like, I'm a consumer. Okay. I, I have credit. I like fair. I like fair. This sounds like a winner. This sounds like a winner. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, there's this two laws, actually, two laws I want to talk about, and they're both about consumer debt. And consumer debt, I want to tell you what that means first. I'm just going to read it from the statute, and then I'll tell you about the bills, and I'm going to tell you what I got going on here. And this, just so you know, why am I giving you the definition first? You're a dentist. This applies to you. You're a carpenter. This applies to you. You're a lawyer. This applies to you. You do any service and don't get payment on demand, immediate, on a cash basis. If you bill net 30, this applies to you. Now, it only applies for consumers, but these laws, you see, what I'm trying to get across, and now Lauren has her mouth open, like she <laughs> wants to say something, but Teacher, I want to, let I me, talk, please? yeah, you okay. are, you're off, but I want to say this first. Yes, everyone wants to protect consumers, but I'm still worried about industry and business. You know, I'm always, I always tell people I'm a fiscal conservative in a lot of ways. And I got to tell you, these laws made my jaw drop and you go, and then I'm going to tell everyone what consumer means so they can have their take on this because it sounds fine and dandy until you think about what it's going to do. I was going to say that everything, oh, everybody always feels, oh, the poor consumer, oh, the 
poor person that can't afford things or just the regular average person that can't afford things, those average people, they also own businesses. Or let's just say they're they're not an owner of a business, but they work for the business. Yeah, I like the way she did it. The poor person who can't afford things own businesses. What la-la land are you living in? Are you in? kidding me? Do you know how many po- like people that have no money that I know that own businesses that make no money? So you need to point out, though, that when you say own businesses, a sole proprietor, someone who's sure. doing it on their own. A Main is, Street store. It's not even that, though. That could be That's a rich person to some people. I just want you to understand, like, we have to have everything's relative. But the guy who cuts your grass, not the guy that owns the landscaping company, the guy that cuts your grass, the painter that you call up, the person that is doing a little spackling for you, the person that did the power washing on your roof, the person that power washed your deck, the person who you call the handyman, they are small business owners too. And I think that's forgotten because a business doesn't have to have an infrastructure. But before you say more, I just want people to know what consumer debt means and tell them what the two laws are, and then we could talk about them. So both these laws have not passed yet. That's important to say. And when I say passed, that's not actually true. They both passed the Senate and the Assembly, and they're both subject to Governor Cuomo signing. So they're like a snap away from being reality. And again, they've done many great things to try and help the economy in COVID. Like I heard Bernie Sanders this week saying that we have to raise that $10,000 salt limit, state and local tax. And I can't think of a better thing for a tax, a high tax state than- New York. Well, forgetting New York, it's New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, California, Chicago, Illinois. Like there's, there's all these places where there's just high tax states, you know, that we need to, and anyway, that's something that's gonna help the economy. But I don't just want to talk about what I want to happen in my dreamland. I want to talk about what's pending legislation right now. And I don't think people are catching what this is about to do. So let me tell you, the definition of consumer debt, the way they define it in the bill, any obligation or alleged obligation of any natural person, meaning you owe something and you're a person, not a company, to pay money arising out of a transaction in which the money, property, Issuance of services, which are the subject of the transaction, are primarily for personal, family, or household purposes, whether or not such obligation has been reduced to judgment, including but not limited to a consumer credit transaction, as defined in subdivision F of section 105 of this chapter. So in plain English, you did a transaction with someone, your business, your business. That's what we got, the businesses, the long spectrum we did it. You, your business, you did a transaction with a person, not a company. And the money, the property, or the service that you gave that person was for their personal life, for their family, for their household, something like that. Maybe you're a real estate broker and maybe you're getting them a household. Think about that for a second. The service is brokerage. Whether or not it's reduced to a judgment means whether or not they won the case yet on this. But if there's a contract for the business that, and they say it might include consumer credit transactions and they cite to section 105F. So I'm going to tell you what 105F says because I I like to follow the chain. Okay. A transaction wherein credit is extended to an individual and the money, property, or services which is the subject of the transaction is primarily for personal, family, or household purposes. So the key language there is you got credit. What does credit mean? It means it's not a cash basis, immediate due. So I go to the deli. They give me a sandwich, I give them a dollar. 
That's a cash transaction. That's not what we're talking about. However, if I go to the deli and say, Lee, what do you want? I say, I want a sandwich. They go, I'll put it on your tab. That's a consumer credit transaction. Do you understand the distinction well, there? because you didn't pay. I didn't pay right then. So like in legal services, for example, we bill people every month. They don't pay as the service is performed. Do you see where I'm going with this? So then the question becomes, that could be a consumer credit transaction. Like there's some, so right now, someone doesn't pay the broker, the real estate broker. Someone doesn't pay the carpenter. Someone doesn't pay the painter. Someone doesn't pay the power washer. Someone doesn't pay the tutor, Some the English tutor. I'm thinking English. It's the end of school. Someone doesn't pay the camper. I mean, not the camper, the camp, the camp, because I was on the camp Zoom this week, the camp swim lesson instructor. Not for, because there's extra. I don't know no, if you know that. The camp Zoom means that our kids are going to camp this summer, and instead of having an orientation there, they had one in Zoom. And they said you could have a camp swim instructor before or after camp. Anyway, someone doesn't pay. It's bad enough they don't pay. Then the company sues, and the company used to have six years to sue, meaning they could try collections efforts because you don't want to sue someone. It costs a lot of money. You got to pay lawyer fees. Yeah, and just starting a lawsuit is a lot of money. Just filing fees are a lot of money. In New York State and Supreme Court, it's $210 just to walk in the door. It's $95 to get a judge. It's $45 every time you have an application. That's in Supreme Court where a claim's over $15,000. Anyway, not the point. One of these laws, this Consumer Credit Fairness Act says, you don't any longer, uh, you don't any longer have this six years to sue. Now you only got three years to sue. So, so you so, don't have any time to go and try to collect, basically. Well, you still have some time, but well, here's what's messed up here. You did the service. That isn't what we talked about. You did service, issuance of service. You gave property. Property isn't just real estate. It's personal property. I gave you a cup. Pay me back later. Pay me on when the couch is delivered. I gave money. Here's a loan. Here's a credit card. It's basically meant for credit cards. But the problem is that legislation's written so broadly, it's not just for credit cards. It extends out. There's two cases, and they disagree with each other, whether dental debt is collectible. And I got to tell you, the one that's cited the most, meaning the one that people rely on the most, says... If the dentist doesn't get paid and the dentist bills after, that's consumer debt. Like, so the point is that consumer debt means a lot more than what people are thinking. So anyway, the service provider, the business, they do this. They pay their staff. They rely on this money. They lose stuff because when you do something, if you're going to give a product, it costs you money beyond the actual product itself. Like you have vendors, you have to buy supplies. Your freaking website costs you money. Everything costs money. So first of all, overhead. first of all, they're saying, hey, business that got screwed out of not getting paid, now you don't get six years to sue, you only got three. And then the other law, the first law, by the way, the Consumer Fair Credit Fairness Act is A2382, if you want to Google it on your own. A3, A2382. But that's not the one that made me freak out. Ready the one that made me freak out? I didn't like that one. But the other one, the other one is S5724I, and this is the one that's worth thinking about. It's like the Delta variant. Like it's, <laughs> it, they're reducing statutory interest from 9% to 2%. And 
the original 9% actually gives a company a little bit of money to make when they just lost so much. Well, it's not even that, Lauren. I disagree with your proposition. I want to I tell you what I think, ready? And we could disagree. She's making a face of me. You're not allowed to disagree with me, huh? No. I have the right, I have, I have the right HLA smell. I could disagree. <laughs> so back to where we are. In New York State, like many other states, you get a judgment. Judgment means you win. You win. The court decides you owe, you're owed the money. But no one pays. Well, some people do. Most people make it a difficult time to get paid after you win the judgment. It's not like there's judgment fairies yeah. that come in the middle of the night and come and take the money and give you a check. After you get a judgment, a judgment's good for 20 years in New York State. During those 20 years, you can put liens on houses. You can have cars seized. You can get up to 10% of someone's salary. You could freeze bank accounts. Those are called collection efforts. In collection efforts, someone called me to collect on $15,000 yesterday, and I said, uh, it's not enough money because the amount of money it costs to do the collections didn't make it worthwhile for me. Now, I'm not saying there's not law firms that won't do it, but you, it's a lot of work because you got to find these people. you got to serve these people. Those court fees Lauren was talking about before, you got to wait for the court system. Anyway, the main way you're able to leverage someone a debtor, someone who owes you money, someone who I believe belongs in debtor or prison. I know they got rid of debtor or prison, but I'd like to see them go the other way and have instead of the Consumer Credit Fairness Act, the Creditor Credit Fairness Act, because the creditor is the one that's getting screwed in this whole situation. I'm just telling you here. I agree. And so the 9% is how you get someone to pay because you say, listen, I'll waive the 9% interest that you owed me since the judgment each year if you just pay me the money you owe me. Yeah, what's my incentive to pay if it's going to be a 2% A 2%, interest? you could get 5% in the, in stock, the stock market, market. <laughs> and it's better to not pay your freaking bills anymore. It makes no sense. And so I have to tell you, like, just think about this. Again, the six years to the three years on the lawsuit, okay. You're telling the people less collection efforts, more lawsuits, and run it and go forward. And I'm not for it. I, I'm, I want you to know I like the six years. I think it makes more sense on a consumer credit transaction. But fine. I'm, that's not the killer for me. How you can take away 7% interest is leverage. just- And that's the whole leverage. But I have, I have news for you. Because the Liebcast is where you always want to go for information. And there's an appellate division case, that's the appellate court, the second department from 2008, and it's called retirement versus realty. And I like both realty and retirement. And in that court case, and it's important, this is what everyone, you learn things on the Leapcast. It's very, very, very important. It says, where there is a clear, unambiguous, and unequivocal expression to pay an interest rate higher than the statutory interest rate until the judgment is satisfied, meaning they pay the judgment off, the contractual interest rate is the proper rate to be applied. So what do we just learn? Any small business out there, whether you're the landscaper, you're the real estate brokerage, you're the painter, you own the shop in town, you're the dentist, even if you're the surgeon, the big oral surgeon. You need to update your consumer contracts right away. And you need to write down that not just you get this interest on non-payment, you get it until the judgment is satisfied. You see the Liebcast, we're here for you. But today, we're there with So Jessica, so we got to run. We'll be back with another segment. Stick around. Leslie Mendoza is going to tell us about how the law is changing for co-ops with respect to the Housing Stability and Tenant Protection Act. This is the Liebcast. 
Find us on social media at Listen to Leap or visit listentolieb.com. 